0: This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1542, How to Get a Child to Eat When They Refuse. Does Encouragement Help? Part 2, by Crystal Cargis of crystalcargis.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD, with me, your host and narrator, Greg Audino. This time, we'll be jumping right back into this amazing post we started yesterday, courtesy of Crystal Cargis. Be sure to check that one out if you haven't done so, as Crystal has introduced some awesome ideas already. And now let's tune in for part 2 and see what else she has to say as we continue optimizing your life. How to get a child to eat when they refuse. Does encouragement help? Part 2. By Crystal Cargus of crystalcargus.com. Number 2. Create a positive eating environment. Along with the first point, you want to focus on making meal times a positive experience and environment for your children. If your kids feel like they're under scrutiny or that their food intake is being micromanaged, this can become a trigger for meltdowns at mealtimes. Instead of worrying about what your kids are eating from the food you've served, focus instead on connection and communication. Bring some lighthearted conversations to the table that can help alleviate the tension and stress many kids are feeling during mealtimes. Instead of wondering about how much your child ate or worrying if they got any veggies in, focus on laughter and connection as a family over a meal. At the end of the day, this will help your child build positive associations with mealtime and eating, which can help build a strong foundation from which they learn about food and their bodies. Number 3. Keep language around food neutral One way to diffuse any pressure around mealtimes for your kids is to refrain from commenting about how they're eating. This includes comments that could be either compliments or criticism. Remember, pressure to eat can come in the form of negativity or positivity. Either way, it has the same effect on a child who is learning to eat. Avoid trying to police your child's food intake or point out any eating behaviors. I encourage parents to put up the blinders, per se, when it comes to mealtimes, and to really ignore what your child is doing food-wise in order to give the safe space needed to explore. I also recommend that mealtime discussions revolve around anything but the food. In this way, you're supporting your kids in building an emotionally neutral relationship with food, And allowing them to learn in a way about eating in their bodies that isn't attached to a moral label, either good or bad. If you do find yourself needing to talk about food, try to ask your child reflective questions rather than commenting or expressing your opinion about how and what they're eating. This could be questions like, How does your tummy feel? or What colors do you see on the table? These can be strategic ways to help your kids interact with food in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. Number four. Celebrate eating progress milestones off-table. If you have a selective eater who is making steps of progress, you undoubtedly want to celebrate these milestones. Having a picky eater can be hard, even stressful at times. I know for me, it was exciting to see my daughter build her confidence around food and skills with eating. So, while we want to celebrate these steps, we don't want our kids to feel like their worth or value is attached to their eating abilities. Remember. Every child will progress at different paces with food and eating, and there's not a right or wrong way. At the end of the day, and above all else, we want our kids to have positive experiences around food and eating. So, if you're excited about something your child did at mealtimes, make a mental note and opt to celebrate in a way that feels meaningful to you outside of mealtimes. I encourage parents to verbally celebrate other non-food-related milestones at mealtimes in support of your children and their efforts whether it's for behavior, acts of kindness, achievements in school, etc. Food-related milestones, on the other hand, may be better celebrated on the table. Share with your partner, family members, or friends to help your child focus on neutral eating experiences at mealtimes. Focus on the big picture. Feeding kids is a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes the journey can be marked by unexpected challenges or situations that may cause you to feel uncertain about what you do. Remember. You are doing the best you can with the information and resources you have. None of us are perfect, but that's not what parenting is about. You are the best parent for your child, and at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Feeding children is also an extension of parenting, and improving your mealtime experiences with your kids can help you bring more harmony into your home. If you've been struggling with a picky eater or a child who has a hard time eating, please know that you're not alone. Consider implementing these tips to bring more positivity into mealtimes and to help decrease any pressure your child might be feeling around food. It's not about the bites of broccoli or how much protein your child may have eaten. It's about the connection and the bond you're building and growing with your child. Food and family meals can be a beautiful vehicle for deeper connections with our loved ones, and this is possible when we stay focused on the big picture. In any event that you're worried about your child's health and eating habits, Please connect with your pediatrician, or consider working with a pediatric registered dietitian who can help assess your child's nutritional intake and eating habits in more depth. You just listened to part two of the post titled, How to Get a Child to Eat When They Refuse, Does Encouragement Help?, by Crystal Cargis of crystalcargus.com. I was hoping that she would mention the idea of creating a positive environment for your child to eat in, and sure enough, she did. Not only is this a great tactic to instill in your child a healthy relationship with food, but it works most anywhere when we're trying to soften our otherwise difficult responses to things. Praise, constructive criticism, etc., these things can have their places for sure. We don't often think about the environment as a whole, though, but it's extremely valuable and influential. So whether it's eating or anything else, consider how you can create a welcoming environment when it comes to something that you're trying to make easier for your child, or yourself for that matter. Is the ride to school anxiety-inducing? What type of music can go on in the car, or what types of discussions can you have while driving to help your child create a better association with the drive itself? There's a lot of room for creativity here, parents. So Don't sleep on this opportunity to build a world for your children that's uplifting and helps push them in a healthy direction. That's going to wrap us up though, everyone. I thank you as always for tuning in today, and I really hope you enjoyed this post as much as I did after hearing it in its entirety. Have a terrific Friday, stay out of trouble, and I'll see you again tomorrow for another post where your optimal life awaits.